Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. And you did just hear the number to call in to be on the show, 303-690-3000 on Calvary Live. So glad that you have joined us for today's edition of the program where you, the listener, get to call in and you get to ask questions about the Bible or Christian living or what's our worldview as Christians. So we invite you to call in because this is your show, uh, you, the listener, to be on the air, to ask the question, uh, to give prayer requests as well, because we want to pray for you and minister to you. We want to encourage you in the Word of God. We want to take you to the truth of God's Word. Uh, we want to pray for you. Uh, we want to bless you in every way, and not just those who call in, but all the listeners. So I want to welcome you to Calvary Live. My name is Jeff Figgs. I am your host for the next hour. I pastor in, in Greeley, Colorado, the Calvary Chapel up here. And uh, such a beautiful day. I noticed that the fog's starting to come in. So as you are making your way home or, uh, or out on the roads, please be careful this time of year and uh, use caution uh, as the fog is coming in, in, in this area at least. But I hope you're having a blessed day as you're listening all along the Front Range on Grace FM. You're listening live this afternoon, so glad to be with you. Uh, and I also want to welcome all those listening in in southern Wyoming. I'd love to hear from you guys uh, as well as the signal gets clear up in the southern Wyoming. And and uh, so blessed to be with you and have you uh, have the opportunity to be able to call in at 303-690-3000. want to welcome also all those who are listening on the East Coast on Hope FM and and Truth FM, you too can call it 303-690-3000. So blessed to be with you and, and uh, be a part of your lives. And uh, as you call in, if you're listening to those stations, uh, radio stations, uh, you are a week delayed in the program, but you get to call in and we'll have the conversation and uh, we'll pray for you. And then you get to listen to it next week at this same time on Truth and Grace FM. Online listeners, thank you so much uh, for being tuned in. The online audience continues to grow. Uh, we got people from the Midwest calling in and uh, from the West Coast and California, from up in Washington. Even got a listener in, in Ukraine right now that is listening in. Welcome to today's program. If you are anywhere in the United States, you can call at 303-690-3000. And I would encourage you to uh, also, online listeners, if you're on your computer uh, listening to the website, uh, Grace FM, uh, just want to remind everybody to uh, that is listening in, uh, download the Grace FM app. It's a great way for you to listen to great Bible teaching and also to be tuned in to Calvary Live. So you can type in Grace FM. I believe it'll come up. Just download it very, very simple on your smartphones and on your tablets. And I know I have it on mine, and I use it quite a bit. So give me a call. Uh, let's finish the work week, the school week, 
in a very, very wonderful way, talking about the things of the Lord. Uh, there is another means for you to be able to ask a question or to be able to uh, ask for prayer, and that's a dedicated text line. And uh, as we have time that it permits for us to go to the dedicated text line, we will do that. And that number is 720-336-0897. But we got open lines uh, here on the show, and we're going to go to the phone lines in just a minute. But we are in the season of Advent. It's amazing. I've been talking with a few people and even our producer on the show before we went on the air. Um, that we're you know closing another year, and it's a year where we celebrate Christmas. We'll be looking forward to a new year. Um, it's amazing how fast it goes. I'm so blessed that uh, for this year of ministry and Calvary Live and radio and all the things that Lord has done. Uh, but it's a time I hope and pray that we can slow down and really reflect on the coming of Jesus in His first advent. And uh, to really just press in on uh, just that magnificent story and truth, the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. And uh, I want to read to you from Isaiah. Uh, Isaiah chapter 6 says uh, that prophecy came concerning the coming of Messiah. And it was given to Ahaz, who was the king of Judah. And Ahaz was not right with the Lord. And Isaiah comes to him and says, Ahaz, uh, you need to ask the Lord for a sign. Ask it either in uh, the depth or the height above. And Ahaz would respond by saying, I will not ask, nor will I test the Lord. And the reason that Ahaz said that is because he wasn't right with the Lord. And then Isaiah would say, Hear now, house of David, is it a small thing for you to weary men? But will you weary my God also? Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son. He shall call his name Emmanuel, which, of course, means God with us. And I know that there's people around us that perhaps their hearts aren't right with the Lord or far from the Lord, and and um, and we want to encourage them in the things of the Lord, the truth of the gospel, and, uh, and we can tell them, uh, because a lot of times people say, I want some kind of sign from God or, or something, uh, and we can tell them that God has given you a sign. And that is Jesus Christ came, born of a virgin, the Savior of the world. And he loves you, and there's a reason why he came, and that's the message of Christmas. So we want to pass that along. And, and I hope we take the time to minister to people during this time, because I think their hearts are, are more open to, to hearing about it, uh, even though the culture you know, is very antagonistic against us. Uh, and uh, we can minister to those the truth of the babe of Bethlehem uh, that was born 2,000 years ago came as the Savior of the world, would grow up and go to a cross and die for our sins. And so that's my hope and prayer is that we would keep focus on that in this busy, busy season. Hey, we got an open line, 303-690-3000. So let's go to the phone lines. We're going to go to Colorado Springs where Janelle is on line one. Hi, Janelle. Hey, Pastor Jeff, God bless you. God bless you. You're on Calvary Live. Hi, I have a prayer request today. Um, I have a dear, dear friend of mine who is totally blind, and um, I'm totally blind as well, and my husband is on disability. We're older. We're in our golden years, (laughs) Um, but this friend of mine has been um, diagnosed with cancer 
in several places in her body. And um, years ago, I had told her that um, I wanted to be able to care for her all the way through the end of her life. And so my prayer is that we can find an affordable home or apartment that we can move into my husband and myself and my friend and that um, either God will work a miraculous work in our life um, with healing or that we will be able to care for her in a nice, peaceful place. She loves the Lord with all of her heart. And I just want to say to anybody out there who is suffering or hurting, I just feel led in the Spirit to give you a word of encouragement to hold on to God. Hang on to Him for all your worth. He's your hope. He's your anchor. And He's in the Holy of Holies making intercession for you. So just hang on to Him and see what He will do for you. Amen. Thank you. appreciate Janelle. And Father, we do pray for, for her friend that's been diagnosed with cancer. She loves you. And, um, and we know that she has an eternal promise of, of life. And, and so we're thankful for that. And for Janelle and her husband that are willing to, to minister to her and take care of her. And so they have needs. And Lord, I just pray that you would meet those needs, that you would provide a place for them, that you would open up, uh, some place, um, housing to where they can, um, be and, and be provided for, and they can take care of Janelle's friend and that you would comfort her as she has cancer, that you would minister to her. Uh, she trusts in you. And I, and I heard the testimony of Janelle that is talking about, you know, trusting you in the hardship. It reminds me of what I was just talking with somebody, that we must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ, uh, because it does come our way. And, and so, Lord, I just pray for Janelle. I pray for uh, her guidance um, in this manner. I pray that you would provide for her to be able to minister to her friend. It's, it's heart's desire to do that. I pray for her friend who has cancer in her body, that, Lord, if it's your will to bring healing, to bring remission, but, Lord, she trusts in you. I can, I can hear it in testimony. And, Lord, that you would provide for them in every way. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Thank you so much. Thanks for calling, Janelle. God bless you. I'll be praying for you, okay? Thank you. God bless you, too. You bet. Uh-huh. Bye. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000. You know, there's so many needs, and it blesses me when I hear... Uh, the prayer requests that come in, and people really care about others and friends and reaching out, and that really is what the body of Christ is all about, and ministering to our families, to others that the Lord put us into our lives. And, and the Lord cares about that. He really does. And uh, to be able to do that um, as we trust in Him to lead us and guide us in every way. So, Janelle, we'll be praying for you. We're going to go to Elizabeth, Colorado, where Mad- Maddock is uh, on the line. Ma- Maddock? Hi, Pastor Jeff. Um, how are I'm, How are you? Uh, good. How are you? I'm doing good. Thanks for calling me. I have a prayer request for my mom. Absolutely. 
Go ahead. Um, she had surgery back a few years ago, and she has she's been in pain for the past couple of days. Okay. Absolutely. Father, we just pray for Maddox, his mom. She has surgery, um, what I understand, um, and her arm is still hurting. So, Lord, it's been painful the last few days. And a son that cares for his mom and concerned, he's asking for prayer. Um, to just be able to call into the show and um, at his age and to ask for prayer, I just pray for his mom. I pray that you bring relief in the pain, that you minister to her comfort, Lord, physically, um, that you administer to her, um, you know, even spiritually. And, Lord, I just pray that you would help uh, Maddox to be able to minister to his mom and help her out as her arm is hurting. And, Lord, we just pray for your healing touch, for your comforting touch uh, in this situation. And I pray you bless her Christmas uh, coming up and they'd be able to do all the things that need to be done that that, uh, is before us during this season and before them. And we just pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, we'll be praying, all right? Thanks for calling. God bless you. God bless you. 303 is the number to call, 690-3000. Got a couple open lines, and um, love to hear from you, to try my best to answer your questions and go to the Word of God. That text line is 720-336-0897. You're listening at Calvary Live with Pastor Jeff Figgs. Here in Greeley, Colorado, we're going to go to Cheyenne, Wyoming, to Donnie. Hi, Donnie. Hi, Pastor Jeff. How are you? Good. How are you doing? I'm doing good. So I have kind of two two questions, two parts. Um, As Christians, should we celebrate or participate in Yule and Christmas? Recently had a good friend of mine who is a brother in the Lord, kind of challenged me, gave me some scripture pointing out that we shouldn't follow traditions of man, we shouldn't have anything to do with, like, pagan things, um, and that we shouldn't have any idols. He gave me some scripture, after I read the scripture, kind of was tossing it up back and forth, and uh, mm-hmm. I was just curious about what you thought about the Christmas, and then if there's something that I can kind of hold on to. Um, I still practice, you know, I don't worship the tree, but I do like Christmas. I recognize it personally as a time of Jesus' birth, although I guess there's a lot of history that supports that it couldn't have been about this time of year. But I'm trying to be cautious about it because he was pointing out that if that's what you want to do, brother, then that's what you can do. But when you stand before God, you're going to take an accountability of that. Don't, you know. And then another friend of mine um that I witnessed to, they're not Christians, but they like Yule and wants to know if I could come out and celebrate, like, just hanging out at their place and doing, like, a Yule dinner, and so I don't know anything about that. What are your thoughts? Yeah, and I don't know anything about Yule either. You know, I don't know if your uh, friend or the brother you're talking to was reading from Jeremiah chapter 10. You mentioned the Christmas tree, if that's Mm -hmm. the reference that he made. Um, to you, because uh, people bring that up. It it and I'm going to read it for the sake of our listeners. Um, okay. And Jeremiah chapter ten, he's talking about the idol worship that was going on, and he says, "For one cuts a tree from the forest and works 
of the hands of the workmen with the axe. They decorate it with silver and gold. They fascinate with nails and hammers so they will not topple. They are upright like a palm tree, and they cannot speak. They must be carried because they cannot go by themselves. And and so people read that. They say, see, you shouldn't have a Christmas tree. It's talking about mm-hmm. the Christmas tree. What it's talking about is idol worship when you look at the context. They were cutting these trees down. They were decorating them. And then they were places of worship. They were like altars. Um, some people have the conviction that they will not have Christmas trees, um, that they won't celebrate Christmas. Christmas. That's their conviction. Me, personally, I have no problem having a Christmas tree because I'm not bowing down to the Christmas tree. It's not an idol to me. It's um, a part of the season that that, uh, I've had in my house. Um, I can use it like the lights to remind us that Jesus is the light of the world. Um, You put presents under it to remind us that Jesus' salvation coming through him is the greatest gift. Um, and so that's what I want to do. I want to promote Jesus. Um, Paul would say, um, in the book of Romans, he said, listen, uh, when it comes to these manners, when it comes to, uh, things concerning, um, the liberty that we have in Christ, one person esteems one day above another, another esteems every day alike, let each be fully convinced in his own mind. It doesn't matter to me if we celebrate Christmas, the birth of our Savior, and I think for me it's worth celebrating. It's worth remembering. Uh, it's such a magnificent story, Luke chapter 2. It doesn't matter to me if we do it December 25th or we do it June 25th. Um, you know, to celebrate and keep the focus of Christmas season on Jesus and the birth of Jesus. Uh, whether we decorate, you know, we decorate the church. Um, but we keep the focus Jesus. I'm not interested in Yule logs, and I'm not interested in, you know, ho, 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 and, and snowflakes and, and things like that. Um, so I think it's what everybody, their conscience, um, puts on their hearts. And, um, and you know, people say, well, Jesus wasn't born on December 25th. My response was, um, maybe he wasn't, but how do you know? Um, there's an interesting book that I wish I could remember it. I was looking at it not too long ago, about a year ago, the year, the liturgical year or something. And I'd have to look it back up, but he makes the case that in the earliest of the church that they did observe December 25th, um, as Christmas, why they did, I don't know. Um, some say that he was probably born in September, October in that time frame. Uh, we don't know for sure. I just got back from Israel a month ago, and the shepherd fields are out there. It's it's November. They're out there with their sheep. The shepherds are. I've been in Israel, in Bethlehem, in December. Guess who are out in the fields with their sheep? The shepherds. So I think, yeah, so I I think that the argument of, well, the shepherds wouldn't have been out there with their sheep and and so forth— it's not the best argument. So what we don't know the exact day Jesus was born, but we celebrate on December 25th. We we celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ, why he came, born unto right. us in the city of David, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. I have no problem with that. As far as a Yule, I don't know what a Yule is. Um, in celebrating other things, 
Um, that's really um, something that that I'm not interested in. And um, so that's something that you got to decide and take to the Lord. Yeah, and I, I'll definitely look into the Yule thing. I don't feel comfortable with it, but part of me witnessing to my friend and them is right. know, they, they like to do di- uh, dinners, and uh, he has a meat hall, and uh, they just like to just collectively get together. So that I'll, I'll look into sure. until I get a yeah. piece of mind about it. I'm not going to participate in it because I know he mentioned something because he knows where I stand with things. He mentioned something mm-hmm. about it's the rebirth of the sun. So as soon as I heard that, I was like, that's enough for me to kind of pull back until I find <laughs> out. So I, yeah. so that's, that's, and, I and that there are opportunities, you know, to be a witness and, and we want to do that. Um, you know, as, as long as we're doing that and, uh, being a light and, you know, I, you know, there are things that I'm not going to participate in and there may be other opportunities. So, you know, I, I think it's, you know, you want to pray and seek the Lord and all that. So, yeah. Yeah. I so, it. It, well, well, I appreciate it very much, Pastor Jeff, and I'll let you go and thank you for that. Hey, thanks for your call. Very good question because um, there are others that are are asking that question, and they're probably going through the same thing. And you know, do I go to this Christmas gathering? Do I celebrate Christmas? Whatever the case may be. So, um, and the Lord will guide you. He knows your heart, right? He knows your heart. All right. God bless you. Good. Appreciate calls always from Cheyenne. And so we got, I believe, a couple open lines. Uh, love for you to call in, 303-690-3000. I do want to encourage you, uh, and we're going to go then to our next caller, um, but be one that's reaching out uh, this Christmas season. Um, reach out to somebody to invite to Christmas Eve service. Uh, we have a couple Christmas Eve services. I know churches add extra services on Christmas Eve, um, this is an opportunity for you to um, be able to invite them. More people are open to come to a Christmas Eve service than ever before, any other time of the year. I think Christmas and Easter. So invite them. Uh, invite them and uh, share with them and reach out to them. And we want to do that this Christmas season. And uh, we want to share with them why Jesus came to this world, and I think it's a great opportunity. So pray about who you might invite and minister to. Now's the time to do it because it's only a couple weeks away, uh, Christmases and Christmas Eve services. So uh, you really want to to take the opportunity to do that, to reach out to others and be a light, um, as we're hearing even on the show, those who want to do that. Let's go to Arvada, where Alyssa is on line one. Alyssa? Yeah. How are you? Oh, I'm good. Thank you. Wow. Good. You're on good mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What can we do for you? Um, I just needed some prayer. I just have a lot of stuff going on in my life. Uh, just the last year and a half, like I've just wanted to really rekindle my relationship with God and reevaluate who I am as an adult and who I am as a um, a colleague who I am as a mother, who I am as a daughter or a sister. Um, mm-hmm. and I just think that, you know, there's been some things that God has, they basically had to, um, work hard to come bring to my attention that I, that I've been trying to change. And it's just been really difficult because I work 
I've worked in sales for like 15 years. So um, I've always worked in the, in the industries that um, it's really hard to, to know who you can lean on and who you can trust and um, who's uh, a believer. So um, right. it makes it a test. Well, it, it, it's a continuous test um, to my faith, I guess. Yeah, it, it is. And, you know, Alyssa, the thing is, is you, you're not of the world, but you're in the world. And I can guarantee that a lot of listeners right now are saying, I can relate to that. Every day that they go to work, it's a test because the language, the atmosphere, the, you know, conduct, all that. But God has you in that place to be a light. And the real key is to, you know, be strong, even as Paul would write to Timothy. Some of the last words of Paul the Apostle to Timothy is, my son, he cared for Timothy. He knew it would be hard because Timothy was ministering during a time where he had to deal with false teachers. We see that in 1 Timothy. The legalists, those who brought myths and fables, those who brought a prosperity kind of gospel, you know, that uh, that godliness is a means of gain. Paul's saying, you're going to have to deal with these guys. You're going to have to deal with this, Timothy. So the ministry that Timothy had was a daunting task. Um, it was very difficult. And, and you can sense that Timothy, he was a very godly man. I mean, Timothy was not wimpy. Um, I've heard pastors say, well, Timothy was wimpy. He wasn't. He had been with Paul the Apostle for 20 years when Paul's writing to him, and ever since the second missionary journey. And Timothy, he learned from Paul, he traveled with Paul, he ministered with Paul, he suffered with Paul. Um, He was no lightweight, but yet you can sense that Paul is saying, Timothy, don't neglect the gift that has been given to you by the laying on of hands. In First Timothy, stir up the gift. In other words, Timothy needed that encouragement, I think, a lot like what you were saying. That Timothy is saying, this is hard. This is difficult. Um, it, this is, you know, a, a hard deal. Paul says, I urge you to stay in Ephesus while I was in Macedonia. And, and then in Second Timothy, at the end of Paul's life, he says, Timothy, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And he says, and the things that you have heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. And then he says, you must therefore endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. And I've already quoted that verse on the show today. And so, you know, I want to pray for you, Alyssa, that, you know, the Lord is with you and it is a battle out there. And put on the armor of God and stay close to him. And we fight not for victory, but from victory. And to be strong in the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. And Father, I pray for Alyssa that you would do that. As she goes to work, it's hard, the atmosphere, that she would draw close to you. And 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 not be entangled with the affairs of the world, as Paul says, but to keep her eyes on you, to be praying to you, to draw close to you. Lord, as she's being tested, strengthen her faith. Lord, strengthen her heart, and Lord, be with her and and give her the wisdom she needs, the strength that she needs as she is in this season, and retail is very difficult. And Lord, as uh, the things wear on her, I just pray that you would give her everything that she needs 
to go through this season right now where she can feel weak, that you make her strong, where she needs wisdom and your comfort in every way, direction. I pray for that incredible work in her life that you desire to do in Jesus' name. Amen. Hang in there, Alyssa. Oh, I will. I've, Keep I've fighting. Just had to, Keep I've fighting just had to a good fight. He's All here right. no matter what. So. He is. He's there. Keep fighting a good fight. You know, keep running your race. And, well, some um, of you're, it, you know, your own battle with yourself when you're realizing, yeah. hey, I really, yep. I really can improve. <laughs> okay. Be praying for you, Alyssa. God bless you. You have a good weekend, all right? Hey, we'll be right back. We're going to the only break the, the of the show, and we'll be right back. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. And welcome back to the second half of Calvary Live. My name is Jeff Biggs. I pastor Calvary Chapel Greeley in Northern Colorado. Always blessed to be with you uh, as I have the privilege and opportunity to host Calvary Live on Fridays, and so hope you're having a good end of the week. I know for some of you that your week may continue with work or whatever, but uh, so blessed that uh, we can be together at this time. I would encourage you to uh, give me a call um, at 303-690-3000. We're going to go to the phone lines here. I know, I believe they're all full, but as somebody hangs up, you can call an open line, Uh, but let's go ahead and let's uh, go to Jerry in Littleton. Jerry? Hi, Pastor. Thank, thank you for answering, uh, answering my call. You bet. Absolutely. I just uh, wanted to know if anything in the Bible that says how old do were Mary and Joseph when uh, Jesus was born. Well, the Bible doesn't specifically state how old uh, Mary was, or Joseph. We do know that uh, what we're told is, of course, she had known no man, she was a virgin, uh, that they were in the betrothal stage, and that is, uh, there was three stages in ancient Israel uh, when a person got married. They would usually, um, the arrangement would be made when they were kids, um, and then there was the betrothal uh, period to where they were legally married, but it's more like our engagement period that we know in our culture today. Uh, they were legally married, but they didn't live together. They didn't know each other. Um, so Mary lived in her house, Joseph in his house. That usually was about a year as the man would prepare to be able to provide for his bride. And then there was the actual marriage. We do know that it was during that betrothal, the um period that Mary and Joseph uh, were betrothed. Um, We know from Matthew chapter 1 that Joseph, when Mary uh, was pregnant, that he was going to put her away secretly, but then that's when the angel came and said, Joseph, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit, and she will bring forth her uh, a son, and she'll call his name Jesus, and he will save his people from their sins. Scholars believe, though, when you do some reading, is that Mary was probably around 16 years of age. She was just a teenager 
uh, very young, and that's all that we have. But it's just absolutely incredible her um, her depth of maturity and spirituality. You see that in Luke uh, Gospel in chapter one in the Magnificent as she's praising God. So she was, uh, we believe, very young, um, maybe 16, 15, 16, 17 years old, but we don't have an exact date. Thank you. Does that help? Yeah, that definitely that helps. Thank you so much. Oh, thanks for calling. Good question. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. You bet. Appreciate it, Jerry. Good questions. Any questions that we can answer? We'd love to, to be able to do that. Um, when somebody does hang up, you know that there's an open line, so grab one of those open lines, and we'll continue with phone calls, 303-690-3000, and we'll answer your questions or take your prayer requests. We are going to go out to Baltimore, Maryland, where Jessica's on line three. Hello. How are you, Jessica? Um, I'm, I'm blessed. I'm good. How are you, sir? I'm doing good. I'm calling in because um, I've been suffering with these headaches and neck pains for the past four years, and um, mm. I've really been seeking that faith and asking him to heal me. And I went to doctors, I've seen specialists, and no one can figure out why I'm getting them or you know, what the cause is. But I feel like they're really, really uh, restricting my life. I feel like I'm a single mom, so it, it is, it's difficult to to be. A, to, I feel like to be a uh, good mother to my kids because I'm always. You know, yeah, it's and, and So uh, I really, really want God to heal me. And I still believe He heals. I believe He's still the yeah. God, you know, that heals. I just really need Him to heal me. Yeah. And we're going to pray for you, Jessica. And I know, you know, getting the headaches and, and the uh, neck pains and the body aches, you know, it's hard. It's difficult, especially when you're mom, but just trying to get through the day, you know, and He does heal, Jessica. I know that. It was a few years ago uh, where I would get these headaches. and it, it didn't happen a whole lot, but it would happen at different times, almost like migraine, uh, migraine head, headaches. And, you know, the Lord has just relieved me of those things. And I really believe that I haven't had a headache for a couple of years now. And um, just ask God to, to take it away because there were times where I had to minister or even on a Sunday morning it would happen. And uh, it was very difficult. So we're going to pray that God touches you and heals you. And so, Father, I pray for Jessica. She's a single mom for several years now, four years. She's had these um, neck pains, headaches, uh, body aches. I just pray that you would bring healing to her and relief. Uh, The doctors don't know what's wrong, but you do because you know us. You created us. You made us. And I pray that you would heal every muscle and cell um, and um, nerve, you know, you bring restoring and healing from the top of her head to the soles of her feet. And Lord, that you would just strengthen her, help her to be able to minister um, to um, her children, her child, um, to be able to uh, to function during the day. And Lord, I just pray for strength physically. And Lord, also, I just pray for emotionally and spiritually, that you would just strengthen her as well. I thank you that she called, um, and we just lift her up to you because we know that you're the great physician, and you do heal today. We ask this in faith, and we come to you in Jesus' name. Amen. 
Amen. Thank you so much. This is actually my Thanks. first time uh, hearing your program today. I just turned on the radio and I was like, wow. I felt peace yeah. when, when I heard Good. your voice. Thank Praise you so God. much. And, you know, keep keep listening, Jessica. Keep us updated, too. We'd love to hear you call in and see how you're doing and continue to pray for you. All right? Thank you. You bet, Jessica. God bless you. All right. 303-690-3000. Let's continue on the phone lines. Let's go to Dustin and DeCano. Hi, Dustin. Hi, Pastor Jeff. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing uh, pretty good. I I got through to you guys. Uh, I I had just had a I've 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 had a, a Bible question for for a while now. Mm-hmm. I was uh, wondering what your thoughts are um, just about uh, Revelation, like a, a Revelation question and Revelation chapter nine fourteen, okay. and. Uh, I was just wondering, do you, do you attribute that uh, to any other parts of the Bible, like the book of Joel, or uh, like Revelation sixteen thirteen, or yeah, yeah, good question because you know Joel in the Old Testament, and just for the uh, sake of our listeners that may not be familiar with the book of Joel, an Old Testament book um, that uh, is only what three chapters long, I believe if I'm correct, and it talks, a major theme in the book of Joel is the day of the Lord. And the day of the Lord speaks of a terrible time of God's judgment, and um, and Joel speaks about that. Now, the book of Revelation, Dustin, um, we know that it speaks of the day of the Lord. The day of the Lord begins uh, with the rise of the Antichrist, uh, when the tribulation period begins, the day of the Lord is a period of time. So when you read the Old Testament, like in Joel, it speaks of the um, moon turning dark and you know the sun not shining, the moon to, to blood, um, the judgment of God. It speaks of a terrible time, such as the world has never seen. It's not a specific day. It's a period of time that begins with the rise of the Antichrist, who begins... Um, the first seal of Revelation chapter 6, uh, that begins that seven-year period called the tribulation period. At the end of seven years, then Jesus Christ comes back and establishes his kingdom, and then there's the millennium reign. So the tribulation period through the millennium reign is all the day of the Lord. It, it is judgment followed by blessing. Now, you ask a good question because Joel talks about the day of the Lord, talks about... Um, you know, he talks uh, specifically about uh, locust infestation, the locusts that come. But then he turns it to the day of the Lord, right? And and how this army is going to come and um, is going to be overwhelming to Israel. And then they're going to call out on the Lord, and and they're going to call for a fast, and then he's going to deliver them. In Revelation chapter 14, this is during that period, the day of the Lord. And in Revelation chapter 14 is in that second half of the tribulation period that is called um, the um, called the um, the great tribulation. 
So going back to chapter 9, where you actually made reference to, I'm going to read it, verse 14. The sixth angel who had a trumpet released the four angels who were bound at the great river Euphrates. Um, So here is this day of the Lord. Here is this uh, time in the great tribulation period, the second half of that seven-year period, that, that all of a sudden the sixth trumpet is blown by the angel. We have seven seals. And that we see in the book of Revelation, when the seven seals open up, then seven angels stand up, and there are trumpet uh, judgments that come, and this is the sixth one. And then when the seventh angel sounds his trumpet, then seven more angels stand up, and they begin to pour out their judgment, bull judgments, and we see that in chapter 16, the bull judgments. And in verse 3, then the second angel poured out his bowl on the sea, and it became as blood as dead man, and every living creature in the sea died. So there's a lot of stuff going on in this time. The God pouring out his wrath in a Christ-rejected world, and then also you have the armies of the world gathering together. Chapter 16 talks about how um, that they will meet together, in a place in Hebrew called Armageddon, or in the Valley of Megiddo. And that's where the last world war is going to take place. And then Jesus Christ comes back. So, um, Dustin, is there a specific question, how that all ties in together that you were looking for? Yeah, I mean, I that's... It's a lot of stuff. (laughs) Yeah, I, I guess I was just wondering, like, do we? Do you think that there's uh, some patterns that like that we see from like, you know, Revelation and then Old Testament that like, you know, kind of things that were like, you know, kind of like a like the Passover, kind of how the Lord delivered the people out of the Passover, and uh, you know, kind of how He delivers His people out of you know Revelation and out of tribulation and. Yeah, I, I think there's some pictures that are there. Now, Jesus is our Passover lamb. Um, he fulfilled Passover. He died on Passover. Um, so concerning Passover, we do see some pictures because Jesus, remember he said to the religious leaders, you search the scriptures, and he's talking about the Old Testament scriptures, and in them you think you have eternal life, but they testify of me. So as you go through the Old Testament, it speaks of Jesus. It's fulfilled by Jesus. It points to Jesus. So, like, for example, um, I think that we see a picture of the church being raptured with Enoch. Enoch was raptured, and then what happens right after Enoch? We see the flood comes. We see judgment come on the world. Um, I think Enoch is a picture of the church. I think that um, when Lot was taken out of Sodom, you read the book of Genesis, it's interesting that the angel said to Lot, because they didn't believe judgment was going to come, and his family would stall. They they would not hurry up. Uh, his uh, son-in-law said, this is a joke, you know, judgment is going to come. And the angel said, hurry, grab your wife and your two daughters. You need to get out of here, as you read in the book of Genesis, because I can't do anything until you're out. And, and Lot is a picture of the church. He's called righteous Lot in Peter's epistle. So I think that he was taken out of, Sodom before God poured out his wrath on Sodom uh, and Gomorrah. I think that's the picture. So I think that as you go through those books of Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, 
the minor prophets, they speak of that time that Book of Revelation very specifically talks about. And you can make the connections. You can uh, put it all together because a third of the Bible, nearly a third of the Bible, deals with prophecy. And um, and it's you know can be a lot. And but to tie it all together, you start to to see it how it points to the return of Jesus Christ, um, to the millennium reign of Christ, uh, to the second coming, to the judgment that God's going to pour out on Christ's rejected world. Because, you know, in Joel's, um, you know, uh, prophecy, he talks about the moon and the sun uh, becoming dark. Well, you go to Revelation, in Revelation chapter 6, when the six seals open up, it, it talks about how, um, that I looked and opened the sixth seal, and behold, there was a great earthquake, and the sun became black as sackcloth of hair, and the moon became like blood. That's what Joel speaks about that that you made reference to. So you can make those connections as you study end-time prophecy. Yeah. Amen. Yeah, that's... Amen. So yeah, we, just, we yeah. just finished the study in the book of Revelation. And uh, so, you know, you can listen to that verse-by-verse study that we went through if you haven't done a study, or maybe perhaps you have, and uh, you can check it out on our website, calvarychapelgreeley.org. But, hey, keep studying the Scriptures. Uh, keep keep looking at it. You're, you're doing great. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. You guys have a good day, too. You too, Dustin. God bless you. All right. Thanks, Dustin, from Takano and... Southern Weld County. Let's go to Kathy in Philadelphia. Hi, Kathy. Kathy, are you there? Maybe Kathy dropped because she was holding Kathy. Um, I want to go ahead and pray for her. Uh, Once prayer for her son and his girlfriend. Um, There's some problems with drugs and uh, drug addiction. So, Father, we know... Um, that that is very much um, a problem with so many families that are dealing with. Kathy, uh, you know who she is in Philadelphia. We pray for her son. We pray for his girlfriend that apparently are dealing with drug addiction. We pray that you would free them, that they would get the help they need, that you would bring, um, just bring them out of that bondage. And Lord, I pray that you'd be with Kathy, help her to minister to her son, um, to, to encourage him to get the help he needs, that um, that you would free him and his girlfriend, that they would come to you because you're the one that can free us from those things. Lord, I pray that you would do that work. And I know that there are those who are listening right now that struggle with that and, and have family members. And Lord, um, we hurt for them. And, and I pray that you would just bring healing to those right now who are listening that are saying, I have a son, I have a daughter, I have a spouse, I have a a, a friend that is addicted to drugs or alcohol. That, Lord, right now that we would just lift those people up, um, that together we just lift them up for you to free them to do a work, to do a miracle, because you're the one that can make all things new. You're the one that can bring us out of the darkness into your marvelous light and bring us uh, out of bondage and and uh, to free us. So, Lord, we just pray for that, for those who are listening right now. And, Lord, that you would do a miracle, and do a miracle in Kathy's son and, and girlfriend. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. <laughs> 
303-690-3000. We still, I believe, got a couple open lines, but we're going to go to Baltimore, Maryland, to Joyce. Hi, Joyce. Hi, Pastor. Hi, Pastor Jeff. I want to, first of all, thank you uh, and the staff for this wonderful radio station. And we're just so blessed in our country to have the freedom to hear the truth of God. Yeah. So that's wonderful. So my question is, when I read the Bible about the signs of the times, everything seems, it seems to me like everything that has been foretold has happened and that Jesus' return could be imminent. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, I have, um, yeah, Joyce, you there? Uh, I'm so sorry. Are you there, Pastor Jeff? Yeah. You were okay, just sorry. getting I'm to so the good part. <laughs> oh, yes. So I have so friends in my prayer group, for instance, when I mention that I think Jesus could come back any time, um, yeah. they tell me that much um, that things have to get much worse before Jesus returns. And so yeah. I'm wondering what your opinion is on that based on Scripture. Well, based on Scripture, um, he can come at any time. Here's the thing, Joyce. We see the doctrine of imminent return all over the New Testament. And when they say, well, things aren't bad enough yet, that's not biblical. Because Mm -hmm. Jesus said, you know, in the Olivet Discourse, you can turn to Matthew 24. He said to them that you be the wise and faithful servant that's looking for the master's return because I return at a time that you least expect. Mm-hmm. He says that I come at a time that you do not know. You don't know the day or the hour. So he he's telling us, I come at a time that you least expect. So you can ask them, do you expect the Lord to come back today? And they'll say no. Well, he can. Be careful. Jesus right. wants us watching for him every day, I believe. And he gives warning after warning. It's It really is amazing, Joyce. You can go through the New Testament, and you can see where Jesus said, watch. You know, um, yeah. we know in Luke's narrative, in the Olivet Discourse, he said, take heed to yourselves, lest your hearts be weighed down with carousing, drunkenness, and with the cares of this life. Now, we may read that and think, well, I'm not going to be carousing. I'm not going to be, you know, involved in drunkenness. But we all get weighed down with the cares of life. And that mm-hmm. day come on you unexpectedly, for it will come as a snare on those who dwell on the face of the whole earth. Therefore, watch and pray that you may be counted worthy to escape all these things that will come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. So Jesus, warning after warning is, listen, take heed, pay attention is what he's saying, and don't get weighed down with the cares of life. Now, we all got cares of life, don't we, Joyce? We yeah. have jobs, we have you know, family, we have responsibilities, and we can get way down to where we're not looking for the return of the Lord. And we know that in 23 of the 27 New Testament books, that it, it, there's a reference to the return of the Lord. The Lord is at hand. Be looking for his Son from heaven, Paul writes to the church at Thessalonica. We are told to be sober, to be watching. We're, you know, not to go to sleep spiritually. So that's Mm -hmm. all part of the doctrine of imminent return. So here's the unfortunate thing. I think there's a growing trend in the church today that is saying that we don't need to be watching for the return of the Lord. There is a growing trend in the church today 
that I talk to Christians because we did a study on the book of Revelation, and we got people that are showing up saying our church and our pastor is saying that we don't believe in the rapture of the church. We don't believe in a millennium reign. And and so we're seeing that there is those who are saying, oh, you Christians that believe that the rapture can happen at any time, you just want to escape. You know, that's just a, a cop-out. Well, you know, Jesus, he went on to say that, you know, uh, watch and pray that you may be counted worthy to escape these things. He's talking about those things of the, the Great Tribulation. I don't want to be there. You know, I want to be gone. And I really believe that the Bible tells us to be watching because it comes at a time we least expect. We also know, here's the other reference that you can show them, um, that in Luke's narrative, when they were saying, hey, when's the kingdom of God going to come? And let me find it for you. Um, that it was Jesus uh, that would talk to them about the uh, when the Son of Man comes. It's in Luke chapter 17, and read it from verse 20 to the end of the chapter, okay? And he said, as it was in the days of Noah, so it will be in the days of the Son of Man. They ate, they drank, they married wives, they were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. So here's Noah, he's building the ark, he's a preacher of righteousness, we know from the scriptures. And and he says, it's going to rain, it's going to be a flood. It's interesting that that time on the earth, there was probably, some people think that there was a couple million people. People lived to be long, long age. Um, they, some scholars believe, you know, that are creation scholars, that there could have been a couple billion people on the earth at that time. Whatever the number was, a whole lot of people were wrong, and eight people were right. Mm-hmm. And they weren't expecting it to rain. And, and they weren't expecting the judgment to come. It was a normal day, you know, when Noah got in the ark and and God closed the door. He said also, like it was in the days of Lot, they ate, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they built. You know Lot, who was in Sodom. Sodom was culturally stimulating. It was economically prosperous. Uh, It's a lot like our culture today, but it was immoral. And we know that they were buying, they were selling, and when the angel came to get Lot out, righteous Lot, they thought he was joking. They were buying. They were selling. And and Lot's son-in-laws thought, this is a joke. This judgment is going to come. And the angel says, Lot, you, you got to get your family out of here before I do anything, before I pour out my judgment on a Christ, you know, on Sodom and Gomorrah. The Bible very clearly shows us, I believe, that the rapture of the church is going to come on a day like today. It could be today. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know the day or the hour. I, I don't know if it's going to come, you know, when there's great upheaval, but it sure gives a hint that I come when you're least expected. When they were buying and selling and things were going on as normal. And so show those verses to your study Bible group and the heart of the Lord is we are to be watching every single day. And then John says, and I know I'm being a little long on this, but John says that he who has this hope, that is to see the Lord, purifies himself. And if I am living every single day with the thought of, you know what, Lord, you can come today. 
you can come for your church, the one who loves us so much. You're not going to be going down and living after the world and hanging out in places you shouldn't be and full of carnality. That's why John says, he who has this hope purifies himself. You're going to desire to live for him. So keep your eyes mm-hmm. on him, okay? Wonderful. Is that, Thank you. Does that help, Joyce? That's, Tell them. Yes, it does. And the thing is, when you, when you look at the Bible prophecy and you see that everything's all lined up and you see that technology is moving along so quickly, mm-hmm. where, we, where they've prophesied in the Bible that we would be is where we are right now, even with the technology. And the technology is moving so quickly that we could soon be beyond what they even what was even prophesied yeah. in the Bible. It's just Yeah, Jesus amazing. said it's going to be like birth pains, labor pains. Mm-hmm. And you yeah. know, when a woman goes into labor, the contractions happen more frequently and more intensely, and then a baby is born. And that's what we're seeing. The signs around this is like labor pains. And soon it's going to birth, you know, the return of the Lord. And so keep telling them to keep looking for the Lord because we live in unique times. Thank you. Yes, times. we're blessed to be in these times. And, you know, the thing is, I know there there's controversy about pre-trib and mid-trib and post-trib and all that, and some people believe that all of those things have already happened somehow, like no. preterist. But preterist view, the yeah. thing is, you know, if, if pre-trib isn't it, then we'll, yep. we'll believe in mid-trib, you know. Or, or you know what? The Lord's coming. Keep your eyes on about. Him, Joyce. Hey, Joyce, we had to go. Thank you for your call. Appreciate it. Keep listening. Thank you, everybody that's called in today. Have a great weekend. Make sure you go to church. Take somebody with you, but be in fellowship with the believers if you can. God bless you. We'll talk to you next time. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.